You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Monday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today, and it is a fantastic show. The women beat Nebraska to close out the season on a high note before they begin the Women's Big Ten Tournament. The men took down Wisconsin at Carver-Hawkeye Arena for Senior Day, the final time we're going to see Luca Garza and Jordan Bohannon in Carver-Hawkeye Arena in an Iowa Hawkeye uniform. Probably Joe Wieskamp as well, also Austin Ash. So, pretty awesome day. And then you got to factor in the fact that the men's wrestling team claimed the Big Ten title in wrestling, which is absolutely phenomenal. We're going to talk about all that on today's show because there is a lot to cover and it is we're finally hitting our stride with March. There is going to be a ton of content being dropped. Tomorrow we got a special interview. I'm thinking it's going to be Amir Smith-Marset. It could be Keith Duncan. Got to figure out what the schedule is going to look like here. Um, but we're going to be dropping some of those interviews. We also have an interview with Caden Crawford, the second commitment in the class of 2022 that should be dropping here in a couple weeks, depending on, again, the schedule. We'll be breaking down everything that happens, though, over the next couple weeks with March Madness. I know I've talked a lot about it, but we're going to be dropping episodes every single day after a game going forward. So if the men play basketball on Friday night, which they do, uh, most likely against Wisconsin, We'll be dropping an episode on Saturday to break down the result of that game and the hopefully next game that we're going to be playing, which might be against Illinois, which we'll talk about. And we'll be joined by Bakari Evelyn for those, at least as of right now. The plan is to have Bakari on to break down all those episodes or break down all those games um, as we get into Big Ten tournament time and the NCAA tournament time. So it is a great time to be here at the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. And if you love the content we're putting out, please make sure to subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast at and give us that five-star review. And today's awesome episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use that promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. Now let's hit it off with the men's wrestling because they put together an outstanding performance. I'm recording this before Nelson Brands, before Jacob Warner and Tony Cassiope have gone, uh, but we do know the result. Iowa is the Big Ten champion, and it started with Spencer Lee taking down Devin Schroeder. He won at 125. Austin DeSanto fell to Roman Bravo Young in a pretty good match, actually. It'll be fun to watch them at the NCAA tournament. More than likely going to get another rematch of that at 133. At 141, Jaden Ironman took down Nick Lee. At 157, Ryan Deacon just... He did dominate Caleb Young at 157, which is unfortunate, but Caleb Young finishing second. Alex Marinelli got the win at 165. You love to see that three-time Big Ten champion. And at 174, Michael Kermer finally got his first Big Ten title, taking down Carter Sorochi from Penn State. So Iowa, again, phenomenal weekend at the Big Ten tournament, but they are not done. Spencer Lee, after his, after his match where he dominated Devin Schroeder, Got up there and said, you know, that was the first time I've given up a takedown as the first, you know, move. And initially in probably 100 matches. And he said, I'm ready for, you know, I'm ready for the NCAA tournament. Let's go. Let's, you know, work still needs to be done. The work is not over yet. They have two weeks until that takes place. Nelson Brands, kind of the surprises here, probably Nelson Brands and Max Mirren. Nelson Brands, I would say probably underseeded, uh, but you know, did a fantastic job. He came in as a nine seed, worked his way into the third place match. Uh, again, recording this before that actually, that result actually happened. So um, I thought the idea just that Iowa won was enough to kind of cover some of that. And he did secure his automatic qualifier spot in the tournament. So Iowa has everyone qualified for 
the national tournament except for Max Mirren, who came in as the number two seed and went 0-2 on the weekend. Got his butt kicked. Uh, so he'll be hoping for an at-large selection. That'll be really huge for Iowa's title chances as well. My guess is, given the fact that Max Mirren is the number five overall ranked wrestler, he's going to get an at-large selection um, when that is announced on Wednesday. If he doesn't, if he does, whatever happens, we'll be breaking that down on Thursday's episode, but that'll all be announced on Wednesday. Again, Iowa Hawkeye Wrestling, they dominated and won a Big Ten title for the second straight year. Now it's on to the national championship, and I cannot wait to watch them dominate there as well. Should be a lot of fun. Switching gears a little bit, we're going to go over into women's basketball because Caitlin Clark and the women's basketball team absolutely crushed it when they took down Nebraska 83-75, scored 10 more than Nebraska in the fourth quarter to win that game. The Hawks shot 52% from three, and of course, Caitlin Clark played outstanding as well. 34 minutes, shot 11 of 19, 5 of 10 from three, eight rebounds, four assists, and totaled 35 points. To me... That's Wooden Award worthy in my opinion, but of course, the Big Ten gets absolutely screwed. Unless you're putting up the most ridiculous numbers that we've ever seen in the history of basketball, the Big Ten is not going to get the love they should. On the men's side, we saw Luki Garza get screwed last year by Dayton, Obi Toppin. That's bullcrap. We saw Keith Duncan get screwed by SEC bias, and if you listen to the washed up walk-ons and I'm not encouraging you to go listen to them over the show, but they do have a fantastic show there. Uh, just as we do here, they talked to Keith Duncan and he mentioned the fact that they were literally, you know, sec people were literally coming up saying, thank you, Rodrigo. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're able to, to make it. You've had a phenomenal career and Keith knew he was not going to win the Lou Groza award. I talked to Keith as well. He's going to be on the show. We didn't get too much into that, but I had a nice little opener for him and I think you all will enjoy, but he got screwed as well. Rodrigo Blankenship, not my Lou Groza Award winner. And now, Caitlin Clark getting screwed in the Wooden Award. Now, I don't think Caitlin Clark should win the Wooden Award. I do think at some point she will. Don't get me wrong there. I do think at some point she will. But the fact that she's not even on the list, to me, is absolutely ridiculous. There were 15 women named to the Wooden Award list, and the only freshman on there was UConn's Paige Buckers, and I actually broke down the performances of Caitlin Clark and Paige on an episode last week, and it was in regards to the Nancy Lieberman Point Guard of the Year Award that I believe Caitlin Clark should win over Paige. Now, I went into the details about why I think Caitlin should win. If you want to look at that, make sure to check out. I think it was Tuesday's episode. Uh, Caitlin Clark's right in the title. Uh, so you can clearly see uh, that it's all about her for, for that first part of, of the episode. But I broke it down as to why she should beat, you know, win over Paige. The only thing Paige has going for her in terms of beating Caitlin Clark, in my personal opinion, is UConn's success. And I am sorry, if you're looking at overall team success, yes. UConn should get it all the time. This is not a team success award. Now, team success does factor into it, right? You want to factor in a team that the player rose that team's competitiveness. And in that case, I don't know how you possibly say, Paige Buckers, UConn, you would not be a top 10 team without her. Caitlin Clark and Iowa, I don't think they are a tournament team without Caitlin Clark. I'm serious here. I don't think... Iowa's a tournament team without Caitlin Clark. What she has done on the floor has been nothing short of amazing. Yeah, she's averaging five turnovers per game. She's trying to do a lot. She's playing a ton of minutes. She is one of the primary rebounders. 
She's a great distributor, averaging seven point, you know, a couple weeks, you know, two weeks ago, averaging seven point one assists per game. She's one of the leading scorers in the nation. She's shooting well from the field across the board. She should not only win the Nancy Lieberman, but she should have been a part of that wooden award list over Paige and over several others, in my personal opinion. The fact that she's not goes to show you the bias that people have towards typically historically successful teams, such as a UConn, and also to premier programs in general. And there's a clear bias that goes against teams like Iowa. What Lisa Bluter has done at Iowa has been amazing. This team should not be in the tournament this year. Or at least when you came into the season, you could not look at this team and say you should be in the tournament. They lost Megan Gustafson two years ago. They lose Kathleen Doyle. They lost two people two years in a row, two Big Ten Player of the Years to the WNBA. Also lost several other seniors. That's tough for a women's basketball program. It's tough for a program based out of Iowa who has not had the historical level of success that a UConn has had or a Baylor has had. Yet here they are. They're going into the tournament as the sixth seed. Did anyone see that coming? No. You know why? Caitlin Clark. Now, I'm not taking away from anything the other the other women have done on that team. They have all played phenomenally. Uh, Monica Chinano has played a, an outstanding season. She should be an all-Big Ten type of player. But are you kidding me? What is going on here? What What is it going to take for Iowa to get some justice here in the awards? But nevertheless... That's one of the things that bring us Iowa fans together. We can go and look at that and say, you know what? We know they're getting screwed, so we need to go show them even more support and root for our players even more. Because for us, it takes the best season of all time to get an award versus a team or a player coming from UConn. It takes a pretty solid season on a number one ranked UConn team. I'm sorry, but that, that just pisses me off. But nevertheless, coming up on segment number two. We are going to be talking more women's basketball, talk a little bit about the tournament and what to expect for the women's basketball team. We're going to get into men's talk as well because they took down Wisconsin in a big time game. So we got to talk about all that. Lots of stuff coming up still on the show today. I do have to tell you, though, about an awesome new sponsor that we have, Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to reform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. This process is simple. Sign up to BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers and once you're approved you'll receive your prescription within days the best part it's all done online blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription don't like swallowing pills no problems here blue Chew's sildenafil oh man i'm terrible with words sildenafil and tadalafil tablets are chewable blue Chew's tablets are made in the usa and they are prepared and shipped direct so it's cheaper than a pharmacy so if you could benefit from a little extra confidence when it's time to reform visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information and we have a special deal for our locked on listeners try blue Chew free when you use our promo code locked on at checkout just pay five dollar shipping that's bluechew.com promo code locked on to receive your first month free and we thank blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast i also got to tell you a little bit about betonline.com 
betonline.ag. You've heard me say before, but betonline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Betonline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Betonline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. Head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code Locked On for that 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And we are covering everything you need to know about the Iowa Hawkeyes. But what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with the Locked On Today podcast. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast app. Now that was a lot of information about some awesome sponsors for the show. Let's get back to some Iowa Hawkeye talk. Why not, hey? So the women's basketball tournament kicks off this week just as the men's basketball tournament does as well. And we're going to be giving you previews of all that stuff taking place this week. Lots of action in the world of basketball and wrestling. We also have the Combine, not the Combine, excuse me. We have the Pro Day coming up as well for the Iowa Hawkeyes. So we're going to get some some Iowa prospects on. Again, Amir Smith-Marset, Keith Duncan. We have a few other guys in the works as well, so stay tuned for all of that. But the women... Beating Nebraska 83 to 75, they get the sixth seed in the Big Ten tournament. That gives them a game on Wednesday, March 10th at approximately 9 Eastern time. And they take on the 11 seeded Purdue Boilermakers. And they beat Purdue 87 to 81 earlier in the season with a little bit of extra time. I do believe they can get that W against Purdue. They are firmly in the tournament, in my opinion. So a win here or a loss here doesn't impact that, but it does help potential seeding. And after Purdue is where it starts to get a little bit interesting. They get the number three seeded Rutgers women's squad, and they beat Rutgers December 31st, 90 to 84. A huge win for them, followed by number two, Indiana, who they played pretty close to earlier this month. I believe it was still this month. It was the couple days ago, actually, and they were in that game, to be completely honest. The only thing that really hurt them was Caitlin Clark fouled out, and this goes back to my point about why Caitlin Clark should be a Wooden Award, at least semifinalist. Caitlin Clark fouled out, and the offense basically died from there. Caitlin Clark was the key playmaker in that game, as she is in almost every single game, which is why she was named the Big Ten Freshman of the Week again. I mean, it's just not. I mean, how how does she not get included when she's just dominating the Big Ten? She's probably going to be the Big Ten Player of the Year. How is she not a part of that list again? That bias is real and it is there. But the women have Purdue, Rutgers, Indiana. That is a big time slate of games, and it could potentially improve their seating. We're looking to get a bracketologist on for women's basketball. I'll talk a little bit more about that, but nevertheless, a very fun week up ahead for the women's basketball team. We also have men's basketball as well, and that should be a lot of fun. The men locked up a number three seed in the Big Ten tournament, their highest seed since 2006. That is phenomenal. They also are going to finish fifth in the AP rankings, which again, this season has been up and down. Four out of five games they lost. Tough stretch. You look at that and you still look back with what ifs, right? I mean, it's tough not to. What if we don't start, you know, what if we don't stop scoring for 12 minutes against Indiana? What if CJ Frederick doesn't get hurt? But it happens. It happens. Nevertheless, Iowa finishes fifth in the entire world of college basketball, which is going to be amazing. And, you know, basically they met the expectations. They were not going to win every single game. Now, there's a couple games they could have won. And I think as long as Joe Wieskamp can play, this is the team set up to make a big run in the tournament. Now, you're probably asking, Andrew, you said just a couple of weeks ago, this is not a team that can get past the Elite Eight. And you're right. It wasn't. What has changed? Defense. 
This team has locked in on the defensive side of the ball. They are playing and running on all cylinders right now, and that gives me a lot of hope going into the NCAA tournament. And I'll be interested to see how they play in the Big Ten tournament. If Joe Wieskamp is healthy, how well can they handle that? Right? How well can they handle a Wisconsin again for the third time? So they got the three seed. They most likely get Wisconsin, who takes the winner of a playing game. Um, but after they play Wisconsin, they get Illinois, which will be a very fun matchup. And for all of you out there, who if anyone out, I'm surprised if anyone out there is actually questioning whether Luka Garza should win Player of the Year, I'm surprised you're listening to this podcast because I'm uh, pretty sure every single Iowa fan out there thinks that Luka Garza should be Player of the Year, and. It's not really think, it's, it's that we know. The, the I mean, it's it's ridiculous to even think that Iota Sumo should be the, the, the player of the year. I, I don't know how you could possibly fathom that. But regardless, that would be a very fun matchup to see and give Iowa an opportunity to see how they can defend against an elite-level offensive team. Now, I know we already got a t- matchup against Ohio State. I thought Keegan Murray played very solid defense in that Ohio State game. But Illinois provides an interesting battle because – Whereas Ohio State lacks a little bit of size down low, so you can have a Keegan Murray who's maybe a little bit more athletic, covering you know guarding some of the six foot eight, six foot nine guys. Kofi Coburn does require a Luka Garza on him, and we don't have Jack Nunji. So how does Iowa handle that size? And then the athleticism Iowa, who can break down anyone off the dribble, that is going to be a very interesting matchup for me to watch and give me a good understanding of where Iowa truly is defensively. Now, we saw them struggle a little bit against Wisconsin defensively, and I, I say struggle, you know, they came into the game ranked in the low, the, the high 50s, they came out ranked the low 60s in Kempom. I don't think they had that bad of a game defensively. Wisconsin did do a good job, you know, hats up to them, I thought, of playing solid offensive basketball, shooting 38% from three. Micah Potter had a phenomenal game, had a team high, or I actually a game high offensive rating of 177, shot four or six from three. He played great off of the bench, but credit to Wisconsin. They, they were making some shots early. I, you know, they were not making the shots late. And I think that's a good segue to get into that game, but we're going to talk about that after we take a quick break. I want to get to that here, though, and I don't want to interrupt you when we start talking about the Iowa-Wisconsin game and then start talking about the Joe Wieskamp injury and what that can mean for the Iowa Hawkeyes going forward. And we'll probably still continue talking about some Big Ten tournament talk because that is just that is just what we do, right? We talk a lot about the Big Ten. So with that being said, let's hop into one of our sponsor announcements because we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. You all know about Built Bar. I've told you about it hundreds of times. But Built Bar right now is having a phenomenal little promo during March Madness time. They are having Built Bar Madness. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. If you haven't tried it yet, now you're in luck because Built Bar is going to do a March Madness-like bracket to figure out who has the best Built Bar today. What flavor is the best? What flavor should you be ordering? And we talked about it last week. We're talking about which matchups I thought should happen this week for Monday, today. Make sure to go vote, right? We have apple almond crisp versus churro puff and peanut butter brownie versus raspberry. I am personally not a fruit kind of guy, so I'm undoubtedly going to go churro puff and peanut butter brownie. That's easy ones to me. That's like a, a one seed versus 16 seed. It gets a little bit more interesting later on in the week when we see German chocolate versus salted caramel. That'll be a lot of fun to watch. But for me, a lot of these are pretty easy for me. I love the chocolate. I don't like the fruit. But you can figure out which flavor is the best at BuiltBar.com. And 
right now you can also go to builtbar.com and use the promo code lockdown20 to get 20% off your next order. That is lockdown20 to get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar on the market today from Built Bar. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast at. Now let's get back into the conversation talking about the men's basketball team. Should be a lot of fun. After getting that W against Wisconsin, there's a lot of takeaways from that that I want to talk about. Again, they get the number three seed. That's huge. They get the double bye, which is absolutely huge for the Hawks because they get Wisconsin on no rest. Okay, so that's a big thing for Iowa. But let's talk about the game itself. Iowa beats Wisconsin in a very close matchup. And one of the things that really stood out to me here is that Iowa was resilient. Okay, they had a nine-point lead going into the end of the half. Joe Wieskamp is injured, though. So what happens at the you know that second half? Wisconsin starts shooting the ball well. They actually get up you know a couple points, and you start wondering, is Iowa going to blow this game against Wisconsin? But they finished the game off strong. Now, there was some questionable officiating. If I were, if I were a Wisconsin fan, I'd be upset, too. The officiating was bad. It was bad all around, but it was worse for Wisconsin. Now, that being said, officiating did not cost Wisconsin this game. Poor shooting down the stretch cost Wisconsin this game. Now, if they're pissed off about the Brad Davison call, maybe Brad Davison shouldn't be a dirty player. And I know he – actually, I don't know this. I can't I can't confirm or deny if Brad Davison meant to or not. But he did grab Keegan Murray's arm and wrap it around. Whether he meant to or not doesn't matter. The rule is the rule. And the fact that they also called a foul on Keegan Murray, so there were two free throws from both teams – it kind of negated itself. Now, the fact that Iowa got the ball was huge, but at the end of the day, it could have been worse. They could have just called the foul on Brad Davidson. I don't know what the hell they were talking about with Keegan Murray. I don't know what Keegan Murray actually did wrong in that situation, and that's what Keegan Murray was also saying to the referees. But again, overall, officiating was bad. I, there's The cylinder rule is going to be very interesting to me because the Big Ten officials don't seem to have a good idea of what that actually consist of it's a weird rule it's not officiated perfectly at all and there were several times in this game where I thought they got the call wrong both ways but neither here nor there officiating was a problem the big story though is Iowa gets the W they close out the game strong and I thought Jordan Bohannon played really well down the stretch he was driving to the basket he was looking for his shot he knew he had to put the team on his back to win this game finish was finishes with 16 points six rebounds eight assists only 4 of 12 shooting, 3 of 9 from 3, but what he did, I thought, was absolutely phenomenal for his final game at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Finished with a team high plus 9. Luka Garza also got his. Holy crap. 21 points, dominates the glass with 16 boards, 9 of 18 shooting, had a plus minus of 8. And Luka Garza, the man, the myth, the legend, had his jersey retired, or at least the announcement that his jersey would be retired at the end of the season. And I could not agree more with what such an amazing move for such an amazing young man. We've had Fran McCaffrey, not Fran, excuse me, we've had Frank Garza on on the show before and Frank is a truly an amazing guy and one of the things I've really loved about the show is being able to talk to just some of the dads and some of the key father figures in the lives of some of these amazing Hawkeye men and Frank 
I'm sure is so ecstatic and I'm so ecstatic for Frank and I'm even more ecstatic for Luca who deserves nothing less than that to have his jersey hung from the Raptors. No one will ever be able to wear the number 55 again. Luca Garza is going to go down as the greatest of all time in Iowa Hawkeye basketball history in my personal opinion at this time. So pretty, pretty awesome stuff, but I'm getting all, I'm jumping all around here, but Joe Wieskamp goes off, gets injured and he was having a huge game. If if he was in that game the entire game, I think Iowa wins that game by 10 to 15 points because they had zero answer for Joe Wieskamp. He played 12 minutes, had a plus minus of seven in 12 minutes, 12 points, five of five shooting, two of two from three. He was looking for a shot. He was pulling over mid-range jumpers and hitting them, and he was just on fire. Now, if he can come back healthy, and it sounds like he can, he came out in a boot, which is a little bit scary, but it, they said he was day-to-day. Now, what does Fran McCaffrey do from here? Now, let's be honest. I think with this win, Iowa locks up a number two seed. I don't think, regardless of what happens in the Big Ten tournament, I don't think Iowa falls below a two seed. Now, they could switch up where they get that two seed at, but I don't think they fall below a two seed. So with that in mind, if Joe Wieskamp is not 95% or he has any higher risk of re-injuring himself, and it's a sprained ankle. Sprained ankles are tricky as heck. I don't think you play him in the Big Ten tournament. I really don't. If he's not 100% ready to go or 95% ready to go, if you have a greater risk of injuring him, I think you want him for the NCAA tournament. You do whatever you can to get him back for the NCAA tournament because that's when the grind is real. Whether or not you have the fifth overall seed or the eighth overall seed, yes, it changes some of your matchups, right? Because you might have, if you get the eighth overall side, you have eighth overall seed, you have the ninth overall seed in that bracket as well. You get the number one overall seed in that bracket, which would be Gonzaga. If you have the number five overall seed, you're probably getting Illinois as that number four overall seed. And you get a lower third seed in general. So it does matter a little bit, but I don't think it matters enough to risk an injury with Joe Wieskamp. However, we don't know how that ankle is going to respond. Uh, Jordan Bohannon thinks, seems to think he'll be ready to go. If if I can, if I'm a betting man, I bet Joe Camp is going to try to go as well. But Fran McCaffrey has to be smart with how he plays this because Iowa, I think, can beat Wisconsin without Joe Camp. I think they can give other teams a run for their money without Joe. And if you can do that and still get a number two seed, you kind of have to do it because you need Joe ready for the NCAA tournament because Joe Camp has played himself into draft conversations and is likely going to be leaving after this season. You better believe he's going to be laying it all on the table. I thought Keegan Murray also had a great game as well as he has most of the season, playing 27 minutes, 13 points, 6 boards, 5 of 6 shooting, and 3 blocks. One of my favorite plays from Keegan Murray, though, was on a missed free throw. He was able to, I think, I can't remember who shot the free throw, but Iowa was shooting. He gets the board. He's almost going to go out of bounds, and he calls a timeout. What a heads-up play by a true freshman. Keegan Murray gives me a lot of hope and excitement for this season. I also remember... Uh, Joe Toussaint had a phenomenal pass to Patrick McCaffrey driving on the lane. Those three together are going to be a lot of fun to watch over the next couple of years, especially as Patrick McCaffrey continues to develop his shot, not hitting them consistently when he drives the basket, but he can get there. If he can start hitting those, that'll be huge for Iowa. Again, a big game for the Hawks, being able to close out at home versus Wisconsin, a team that has struggled against tough competition, but they played well against Iowa. Iowa wins 77-73, to and Iowa out-rebounded them 34-23, to 8-2 on the offensive glass, and that's a big difference. When we've seen Iowa lose, oftentimes it's because they are not getting the rebounds, they're not getting the boards, and they're giving the other team significantly more second-chance opportunities than what they are getting themselves. So, all around, I can't be too upset with this game. I thought they played solid defense. I thought given the situation, Joe Wieskamp going down, they played the best they could. Again, if Joe Wieskamp is in, I think Iowa wins by 
15, 20 points. Joey's camp out. They still beat Wisconsin 77 to 73. And now they get the number three seed and likely Wisconsin in a couple of days. And we'll be covering all that right here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. I appreciate you all tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this Monday episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. And just a reminder that if Iowa, as long as Iowa beats Wisconsin on Friday, you're going to get a show for probably the next shoot. 18 straight days, 19 straight days. That's a lot of Locked On Hawkeyes podcast content. But if you think about it, have a show every day this week. Iowa plays on Friday. If they beat Wisconsin, we're previewing it on Saturday. We're dropping, we're reviewing it on Saturday. We're previewing that upcoming night's game Saturday night. They beat Illinois or don't beat Illinois. We're going to be breaking that down on Sunday. And then we're going to be talking about the NCAA tournament on that Monday. We got tournament talk the rest of the week. If Iowa plays on Friday or Saturday, we're going to be dropping episodes every single game or every single day that there is a game and before that as well. So lots of stuff coming up. And right now is a great time to be subscribed to the Lockdown Hot Guys podcast. And make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram just so you can get the latest updates. Not every show is going to come out at 4 a.m., right? There's going to be shows coming out a little bit later at times just as things happen, I've got to be able to take care of that. Also, big news, just saw this, just came in. Michigan falls to Michigan State 70-64, to 64, um, which will be very interesting to see how that shakes out in terms of, of rankings and whatnot. Michigan State playing hot, a team I would also be worried about. But I digress. Anyways, Hawkeye Nation, hope you had a fantastic weekend. It's a great weekend to be a Hawk. Have a fantastic Monday, and we'll be back tomorrow, and let's go Hawks.